Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. Uh, It's good to have you here this morning. We're starting a new series called Gifted. Uh, My goal this morning is specifically talk about Romans chapter 12, 6 through 8, what is termed as motivational gifts. And the reason that we're calling it motivational gifts is so that we can purposely separate it from what is known as spiritual gifts. And we're going to get into that in a moment. How many of you have your flyer? Come on now. Okay. Actually, these things serve a purpose. You know that, don't you? Okay. They they actually serve a purpose. So on the very front, it says, you are invited to join me as I work in your life and in your world, God. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Now I can see who's sleeping back there. Okay. Um, So there's the idea here that has been around for a long time about spiritual gifts and how they've just been meshed together. And actually, I think the church as a whole has confused more people about gifts than caused clarity. And this morning, we're working towards this aspect of clarity. So I'm specifically, like I said a minute ago, going to be talking about Romans chapter 12. Now, the next two weeks, Carl is going to be talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and you need to be here. Okay? Hello? Okay. Just checking to see if you're awake or not on the front row, too. Okay? So... um, John chapter 12, verse 26 says, if you want to be my disciple, follow me and you will go where I am going. If you truly follow me as my disciple, the father will shower his favor upon your life. And how many of us need his favor? Can I just inform you that his favor is on you right now? Do you know why? Because all of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that's the favor that's upon us. The problem is that most of us are ignoring it. Most of us are too focused on ourselves than to be focused on who God says that we are. And that's gonna be one of my challenges for us today is who does God say that we are? And who does God say that I am? Which leads me to ask these questions. They're gonna pop up right here, right? Ah, Very good. Have you ever wondered why certain activities appeal to you? Why you feel some things are more important than others? Why you seem to be more natural in some things and not in others? Why you see things from a certain viewpoint? See, that's a rub in my household. Uh, We've been married 50 years, and uh, she, for some reason, thinks she has a viewpoint. (laughs) Why would I think that? And for some reason, she thinks, I have a viewpoint. And sometimes those viewpoints, of course, this never happened to you. It just happens to pastors. It, boom, just like this. Why can't you see it my way? Why can't you do it my way? Why can't you do it this way? Because we have this viewpoint. Let me just inform you, you are okay. You, you can have your viewpoint. It's okay. Because God said it's okay. I made you that way. 
God made you that way. So let's keep going. Have you ever wondered why other people are the way they are or why they can't seem to understand, understand the things the way you do? So just to compress this whole thing, why are other people so weird than me? Why are they like that? Well, there's a particular reason and we're gonna discuss that and dive into it. Cause the gift that God has given you is not by accident. It was specific. Psalms 139, 13 says, you made all of my delicate inward parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me when I was being formed in utter seclusion and I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day has passed. You need to get your Bible. Your, I don't know how you do this on your phone, but you need to highlight that. And you need to look at it because according to God's word, every day of your life has been laid out by the mind of God. Now, we've not walked every one of those days because we've walked in our ways sometimes. But I'm saying that God has a plan for your life. And he planned specific things for you as individuals to do in the year 2022. And he wants you to walk in that. That's why there's been an invitation extended to you to walk with his plan, to let him walk in your life and in your world. Ephesians chapter 2.10 says... <clears throat> For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long, long ago. So God's had you in mind for a long time. Now, I don't know if you believe this or not, but how many of you are believers? God has had you in mind for a long, long time. God has had all of mankind in mind for a long, long time. And he put a certain gift in you that drives you to think a certain way. And you can't help yourself. You just can't help yourself. So what you do sometimes, the way you help yourself is, I just sin. It feels so good because I don't have to be like this. That's why I sin. Because I don't have to fulfill God's word. That's the struggle within our lives because there's an enemy that hates your guts, hates the idea that you're even thinking about following Jesus and even want to be involved in kingdom affairs which God designed us to be, that he tries to deceive us and lie to us all the time. And that's the battle that you and I have so often. Can we put the uh, list of gifts up on the screen? So the traditional view of spiritual gifts has been this by the church, because the church as a whole has not known what to do with 1 Corinthians 12, Romans chapter 12, and Ephesians chapter four. Because most of the churches today in the last 40, 50 years <clears throat> don't believe in this stuff over here on the right. They don't believe that the Holy Spirit does the same things today that he did when the church was created. So how do you handle this? Well, let's take them all and we'll throw them together. We'll make a test. You take the test and you get the result that says, I'm an apostle. I don't know how to start churches. I don't even care about starting churches. So how, what does an apostle do? And so, well, that's your gift. Go, go flow in Jesus now. It's like, so uh, you walk around with this little tag that says, 
I'm an apostle? Yeah, what's your gift? I'm an apostle. What do you do? I don't know. I don't have a clue. They say I'm supposed to start churches. I have no desire to start churches. So you spend your whole life. I'm an apostle. And you're confused. You're not really fulfilling what God wants you to do because a gift test has mashed all this together when the word of God has clearly separated these gifts into different categories. And I would rather go by personally, and this is why I'm trying to talk with you, I would rather go by what God's word says than a test that a church gives. So that's what I want to focus on. Go back up. So you have this, this group over here on the left side, and that's what I'm going to focus on today. Insight, serving, teaching, healing, exhorting, giving, leading, and mercy. These are classified as motivational gifts because we put that title on there to identify it separately than spiritual gifts because those are not spiritual gifts. Those, that list over there, that's what God assigned to each one of us. When you were born, you got a belly button. That's your assignment. Mine's leading. My belly button says leading. Have you, have you not looked at yours, huh? But that's what it's talking about. So all these gifts over here on the left side were given to all of us prior to salvation. How many of you know unbelievers who show mercy? How many of you know believers, unbelievers who give, who exhort, who teach, it's in us, it's in mankind. We can't help it because God has made that assignment way back in the day when he saw us here sitting here. Do you know it's not by accident that you're here today, right? You're here because somehow, some way, the Holy Spirit has led you here and the reason he led you here is because he wants you to hear something that God's got a purpose and a plan for your life. I will never give up that theme, folks. Because God has a purpose for us. And there's too many of us who are sitting here living a life without purpose. And your purpose is to find out who God says that I am instead of who I say that I am. Too many of us are self-deprecating. Too many of us run ourselves down. Too many of us call ourselves stupid, idiots, on and on and on. As believers, I hate to tell you this, we shouldn't do that because it's almost like a slap in the face of God because he made us into be wonderful people. It's sin that makes us deny the gift of God and deny who we are in God. So knock it off. You're not gonna be, I mean, that was my identity for so many years is self-deprecation, putting myself down, denying my abilities, my gifting, denying who God called me to be until I finally decide I am tired of living for me and Christianity and as a believer, I want to live for Jesus. I want to be who Jesus says that I am. I am tired of being who Ken Lentz says he is. And that's a challenge for us because our identity is wrapped up in who I say that I am. Because that's the authority, that's the privilege, that's the freedom that God has given us. But he's also saying, I have a better plan for your life than that. I have a different way for you to walk, a different way for you to live. 
So we've got to quit believing the lie. Because just honestly, the last thing the devil wants us to do is walk in truth. Walk in obedience. Walk in authority. Now, I'm going to stretch your imagination a little bit here. This whole list on the right side are the spiritual gifts. Pastor Carl's going to talk about those in the next two weeks. So you need to hook on to that. Pay attention to it and come. But I want to tell you this. 24-7, 365, all nine of those are available to you. Not just one. Not just two. All of them are available to you. My gift is leading. I cannot help myself. I'm sorry. I'm just, I am my, it's a leader. I've been that way ever since I was a kid. Growing up in Harrisburg, North Carolina, out in the country, didn't have a lot to do. So we would have neighborhood, neighborhood wars, block wars. I actually ran a gang. <laughs> it was awesome. So, so for some reason, I just wanted to be one of the guys. They said, no, you lead us. So I said, okay. So go home. Find your BB guns, your slingshots, your bows and arrows, your spears, anything that you can throw at somebody, bring it. Slingshots were my favorite. And I loved it when we went from the wood to the metal that wraps around your wrist and you can shoot marbles. Oh, that was awesome. Because when they hit somebody, you knew you hit them. (laughs) You didn't have to guess. A BB gun, you can go, marble, it's there. So, and I went from that, I went to scouts. I had to repent for being a gang leader because you can't be a gang leader and being scouts. And I was a leader there. I was a leader in high school, I was a leader in college. Somehow, some way, I got in ministry and here I am 50 years later in ministry and here I am doing what I'm doing. And I'm excited about it. But I gotta tell you this, all these gifts I need all the time to flow through my life because I can't deal with life, I can't deal with you without the help of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you an example. Uh, This is not real, but it's kind of an example. So my neighbor knows that I'm a Christian and he knows because he's heard me confess my faith to him. So he's hurt his leg. He comes over and he says, look, I'm really hurting my leg. It's really bothering me. Could you pray for me? No. What? I, I just need you to pray for me. I can't. It's not my gift. I can't, I can't pray for healing for you because it's not my gift. What do you mean it's not your gift? Well, I took this gift assessment <laughs> and it says I'm an apostle and I don't have the gift of healing. So... I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to get on the phone. So I call the church, get a hold of the secretary. I said, would you get on the database and find out who in the database has the gift of healing? And would you have them call me? Because I need them to come to the house. Because I got this guy that needs prayer. Okay. Here it is. I said, they're on their way. Can you hold on? 30 minutes later, that person with the gift of healing shows up. And I'm just standing there. Is this how you start a church? Uh, how much sense does that make? Come on. But that's exactly the way we deal with these things. 
I am not capable of doing this. I'm not equipped to do this. I'm not prepared to do this. This has got to be somebody else that does this. Let me tell you, it's got to be us. It's got to be us in 2022 because we have no idea what's coming down the road in 2022. Because I guarantee you, we're going to need some supernatural intervention in 2022. And if we're wrestling on ourselves, we're going to fail. But if we're waiting and allow the Holy Spirit to move at any time in our lives, then he can empower us because that's what he wants to do. God would never ask you to pray for your neighbor if he hadn't equipped you to pray for your neighbor. So I don't have the gift of healing, folks. And you don't have the gift of healing. You don't have the gift of discernment. You don't have the gift of miracles. You don't have special faith. I have the gift of leading because that's God, who God called me to be. I just have my availability at any time in my office, at home, at work, at Walmart, wherever I am for the Holy Spirit to show up and help me. How many of you have ever walked into a place and you got the heebie-jeebies? Oh, you older folks know what heebie-jeebies are. Uh, <laughs> you young people, heebie-jeebies is the creeps. How many has that ever happened to? Do you know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit saying, you have no business being here. How many times have you opened up something and you started reading something, looking, and all of a sudden you got this really weird feeling and the Holy Spirit said, you ain't got any business reading that. That's how the Holy Spirit works. It's so practical. And the church has done so much to make it super spiritual. Tell evangelists, I have nothing against them, but what we do is we look to Benny Hinn as an example. He's got the gift of healing. No, he doesn't. He just allows the Holy Spirit to flow through him. It's not just his gift. Catherine Kuhlman, even the founder of this organization, we have supernaturalized people that they have this gift. I want to tell you, I want to de-supernaturalize that and make it practical and say, this is the way we're supposed to walk every day. Allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through us and help us. I tell you, I get in some counseling situations that are way over my head. I mean, big time. And if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up pretty quick, I'm in trouble. Matter of fact, if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up here this morning, I'm in trouble. Because I am dependent on this guy showing up because that's his job. And occasionally I have to remind him of his job. Where are you? You're off, you know. You were supposed to be here at nine o'clock. I don't see you. I don't hear you. I don't feel, what's going on? So that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm just saying that these gifts were given by God. The Holy Spirit was given to us because we've all received the Holy Spirit when we accepted Christ and he can flow through us at any given time. Okay? You with me? Two people. Good grief. Come on. I want to read you this list. It's not on the screen, so you have to put up with me reading. Actually, I'm going to put my spectacles on. This list um, is really interesting uh, because it shows the motivational gifts through the life of Jesus Christ. And he shows, he illustrates all of these. Can I ask this question? Why was it so important for the Son of God to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit? I mean, 
he was baptized, the clouds parted, the Holy Spirit came down, sat on his shoulders, and it says it was in the shape of a form of a dove. And the next thing you know, it says that the Spirit led him into the wilderness and he was tempted. For three years, if you'll read the four Gospels, you will see how the Holy Spirit shows up in Jesus' life all the time. I find it really interesting that in the context of what we're talking about, that Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. Yeah, he's the son of God. See, this is where our confusion is for a lot of us. Why would God's son need the Holy Spirit? Because he was trying to illustrate to us for three years how a man born of flesh that's gonna eventually die need the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was desperate, in, I mean, involved in his life, led him, directed him, connected him with his father all the time. So, question, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, do you think we do? Hello. Yes, we do. We desperately do. Because we don't have that, yeah, we do. We do have that son of God, that, that daughter of God complex in us. Because when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, guess what? We become part of the family. We become sons and daughters. Oh my goodness. We need the Holy Spirit. So let me read this list to you because it's pretty interesting. Jesus had insight. Insight is the eyes of the church. I can't do this. It has the ability to see. It has the ability to, to walk into a room and recognize what's going on. Jesus, he spoke only what he heard the Father speak. He saw into people's hearts. He hated evil. He was frank and outspoken. As a server, servers are the hands of the body. Jesus was a server. He worked with his hands, a carpenter. He worked as a carpenter with his father, Joseph. He demonstrated service. <clears throat> he exalted serving. He had a high energy level and kept pace with the demands of his ministry. Have you ever noticed that if you have problems with your shoulder, how to fix the rest of your arm? Or if you have problems with your hip, how to fix the rest of your leg? Do you know that that's all biblical? It means that I need, if I'm the hand, which a server is, and the shoulder's not working, I really can't do my ministry. Do you know how connected you and I are supposed to be to each other because of giftings? We need each other. And we need to be working. We need to know our gifts. We need to be flowing in our gifts so that I'm not a hindrance to somebody else's ministry. I'm connected. We're connected. And the more connected we get, the more things get happening in the kingdom of God, which is so vital. So much what God wants us to be a part of. He was a teacher. This is the mind. This is the mind. This is the person who thinks, researches, does all this investigative work, likes to explain details. He taught God's truth. He fulfilled the law. He quoted scriptures. He built on scriptural truth. He was intelligent and he was curious. Exhorters, Jesus exhorted. <laughs> this is the mouth of the body. This is a person who likes to encourage. He taught people to live victoriously. He gave positive exhortations. He prescribed precise steps of action. He accepted people as they were. He was a giver. Givers are the arms of the body. They're the embracers. 
They like to hug. They like to hug. He fed the 5,000. He gave his time, energy, abilities, and loves to others. He taught on giving. He gave his life for us. As a leader, leaders are their shoulders. They carry the brunt of decisions. They carry the weight of leadership. He organized his followers. He was highly motivated to fulfill his mission. He was a man under authority and taught about authority. He endured criticism for the long range goal of the cross. And as a mercy, this is the heart. This is where your compassion is. He had a tremendous capacity to show love. He was aware of people's physical needs. He cared for children. He had empathy for others and he expressed his emotions openly. It always amazes me when I read through the Bible and I find those little episodes where Jesus cried. He wept because he felt that and he wasn't afraid of it. First Peter 4.10 says, each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Folks, I gotta tell you, we desperately need each other. We cannot be isolated believers. We need to be connected believers. And it's our gifts that connect us in so many different ways. Because this room right now has got a lot of insight people in it, a lot of mercy, a lot of leaders, a lot of givers, a lot of teachers. And we're not, we're not using that gift because we don't recognize it. We don't have, seem to have that purpose that we're supposed to have. And that purpose is doing what God created me to do and to be. And I gotta tell you, I, I quit ministry back in 2009. I was done with people. I pretty much had had it. And so I just, I said, I'm done. I gave up my license and everything. And so for the next several years, <laughs> I worked with an electrician. I built fiberglass ice poles. I delivered plumbing stuff. Got a job at Kafaro, which is build backpack equipment. And I got cut loose at Kafaro because I moved into this, quote, for some reason, leadership role. And they just cut me loose. And I loved it. I worked there for five years. Just absolutely loved it. And then I move here, May 16th, coming up will be six years ago. And all I want to do is just be the janitor. And I don't know if you guys were here when I, the first time I spoke five and a half years ago, something like that. I stood up here and I think I had a mop and I said, this church is really hard up when they ask the janitor to speak. <laughs> and my office was that cleaning closet back there. My desk was about this big and that was fine with me. That's all I wanted to do. Five years later, guess what? God has a plan for your life. Quit denying it and walk in the truth that he has given us. Quit letting the devil lie to you about yourself and you quit lying about yourself to yourself. Please accept the invitation that Jesus Christ has given us. Join him in his work. Join him in what he's wanting to do with your life and you'll find purpose. You'll find fulfillment. You'll find some challenges, but guess what? The Holy Spirit's there to help you with those challenges. Um, I wanna give you a simple example. 
of how this gift stuff works. Um, my mind, if in the church council, uh, we had seven people sitting at the table and we have meetings that determine where we're going and how we spend money and all, all of our things around here, that each one of those gifts would be represented at that table. Because no matter what issue would come up, guess what? There'd be seven different ways of looking at that and bringing a real balance to how to handle this. And there's another way we can look at it. Okay, we're sitting at a table, all seven gifts are around the table, and we all have water, and we're drinking that water, and all of a sudden, somebody accidentally spills their water. And it's all over the place. They're embarrassed because now they've spilt that water, and, uh, they, and they've ruined the, the moment. And so here's each gift that shows up at the table, okay? Insight person is at the table, and they sit there and go, I knew you were going to do that. I could tell just by the way you were messing around that you were going to knock that thing over. I should have told you, but I just wanted to see what was going to happen. But I knew it was going to happen. And then the server goes, everybody sit still. Nobody move. Just continue being with the fellowship, hanging out with each other. I'll take care of it all. I'll handle it all. The next one is a teacher. And the teacher says, now, I got to tell you, there's a proper way to hold a glass. And if you'll just give me a couple moments, I'm going to teach you how to hold a glass properly. Now, as you place that glass in your hand, you see this little thing right here? It's called your pinky. That pinky goes underneath the bottom of the glass. That way, the glass doesn't slide through your hands. Got it? How many of you knew that's what the pinky was designed for? <laughs> I'm telling you, this is educational stuff. Don't forget it. So if you hold on to your glass properly, then when you get it to your lips, make sure you get that suction just right so it doesn't dribble all down the front of you. So that's, a teacher is bound to give you instructions because there's a right way of doing things. The exhorter is, remembers the mouthpiece. They're saying, look, this happens to everybody. You're not an exception to the rule. Just don't worry about it. We'll get it all taken care of. You're okay, you're okay. And they'll lighten up the subject and they'll talk and they'll try to encourage the person so they're not feeling like a complete idiot. Anybody relate to being a complete idiot, something like that? The giver goes, I haven't even drank mine yet. You can have mine. Here you go. And they go, oh, thank you. The leader, I'm sorry to say, this is me. I've, I've, I've improved, but this is me, okay? You. You go get a mop, you get a rag, you go get some more water, and you quit crying, okay? It's not that big a deal. <laughs> and then there's the mercy person. The mercy person observing all this interaction, looking at this person over here because they're crying, they're embarrassed because they spilt their water, and they're just sitting there just going. I know exactly how you feel. I remember when I spilled my water, how embarrassed I was. I feel your embarrassment. Paul says, if you're going to be a mercy person, balance that out with cheerfulness. And the reason is, is because a mercy person is so deep feeling. They're so empathetic. They, they, they just feel. And if they're not careful, they'll start walking and carrying that person's pain because they've lost their own objectivity to the subject. 
And they're supposed to bring mercy to the subject, not their own feelings to the subject. Mercy to the subject. And so there's, there's these wonderful gifts, and that's just a little simple way, the way they're laid out. But in conclusion, I gotta tell you, I gotta be truthful with you. Uh, I don't know how many of you uh, knew Rod Martin, but he was an integral part of this church for so many years. And we started a relationship back in 1983 when he started coming to church. And then he just gradually worked his way into, he didn't want to be a mechanic anymore. He wanted to be involved in the church. And he started giving up a day at work at his shop. He's the best mechanic you're ever going to get in this town, in this whole Western slope, basically on foreign cars. And he started working at the church. And so basically, he was the tech guy here and he was running computers. He, he did so much around here, so much that none of us ever knew. But then, I don't know how many weeks ago it's been now, maybe eight weeks ago, 10 weeks ago, something like that. He got sick and with a sinus infection that led to COVID, that led him to the hospital. And then he went home to be with Jesus. And I had the privilege of being in the room for three hours with him. It was absolutely amazing how about an hour, hour and a half before he passed, he was cracking us up. Just cracking us up. And uh, the nurse, I think, came in and said, what's going on here? And we said, funny boy over here talking. And, uh, and then it was later, he went home to be with Jesus and I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. I've seen people pass away, but there's something about this that really got to me because this is my buddy. The reason it got to me was because we both got sinus infection at about the same time. And about a week later than me, he, I got COVID, then he got COVID. I was sicker than a dog in bed. He got sick and went to the hospital. And it dawned on me, he was 74, I'm 71. None of us knows when it's our time. I gotta tell you and confess to you that I have a new urgency in my soul, in my heart that I've never had in my whole Christian life. Because I don't know how much more time I have with you. You don't know how much time you have either. And what are we doing with that time? What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with the things that God has given you? My urgency is to challenge us, to challenge myself, to challenge you, to become who God created you to be, to find the plan he has for your life and walk in it. Would you look at your bulletin, your flyer one more time? Because on the front of it, it says, you are invited to join me as I work in your life and in your world, God. And what does the next line say? Let's all say it together. Just keep moving forward. God cannot move on somebody who's straddling the fence. Get off the fence for Pete's sake. Make up your mind. Serve God, serve the devil. Do one or the other, then God can do something with you. But when you're on the fence, God can't do a thing with you. Get off of it. Make up your mind that you're going to serve Jesus and quit serving yourself through your Christian walk. 
was the biggest hurdle in my life. Most of my ministry has been about me and what it does for me and how my gratification is. It's not about me anymore. It's about Jesus because it's no longer me that lives. It's got to be Jesus who lives in me. So I'm calling you up. I'm calling you forward. I'm calling you out. Make up your mind. My urgency is is to challenge us to quit being complacent, to get prepared for 2022 so that no matter what happens, 24-7, 365, we know that God can use me in my gift and the Holy Spirit's there to empower me with no matter what the situation is. Okay? You getting it? Good. Inside, look out here. Under gifts, there's this little QR code. QR code. Take a look at that with your phone. Turn on your camera. Focus on that. And at the top bar, you just push it. It will automatically take you to our website and a motivational gift assessment. You get to take that. It will spit out the information to you really quick. Now, if you don't know how to use the QR code, find a teenager. Okay? It'll work. They'll make it work for you. All right? For all of you who do not like being on computers, you don't care a hoot about them, there are hard copies of this assessment back under the gift table, back over here on this side in the Welcome Center, and it has the, the gift assessment and it has definitions on it just like the website does. So go there. All you who are online, you can find it on Grace Community. Go to uh, the making this... Uh, it just went blank. Uh, yeah, you'll find it. <laughs> it's terrible. But my goal is for us to figure out who God says we are. It will automatically score you, and your highest score is what you need to focus on. And when you're taking this cotton-picking test, don't sit there and go, am I or am I not? Am I or am I not? Just whatever comes to your mind, usually right off the bat, first thing, that's what you want to put down. That's usually the best answer to give. So I'm looking forward to seeing what your results are about this. Let's all stand. So the RSVP on this thing is French. I didn't know that. But it means please reply. How many of you have ever gotten an invitation that said RSVP? Did you reply? Would you please do it again? Somehow, some way today, find time and reply to God's invitation and say yes. I want to join you as a partner. I want to join you as a child. Yes, I want to know who you say that I am because I am tired of telling myself who I am and what I think about me. I'm tired of believing lies. I want to listen to the truth. Will you do that? Hello, will you do that? Amen. Let me pray for us. God, you're such a wonderful father. Thanks for not ever quitting on us or giving up on us. Thanks for, Lord, for seeing us who we are and implanting us a certain gift and a certain ability to be who you want us to be. 
And God, may we answer that question. Holy Spirit, I I ask you to go to each one of us today and challenge us continually to find out who God says that we are. And that we'll have the courage to rebuke the lies that have been given to us and the lies that we tell ourselves. And we begin to walk as your children in truth about what your word has to say for us. So Lord, thanks for truth. It will set us free. And we want to be free in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.